The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Isaiah chapter number 54, and over these next two Sundays, we're taking this passage of Scripture and letting the Lord use it, I'm praying, in our hearts as a church family to give us a better understanding of where we are as a local church and where I believe God would have us go as a local congregation. I appreciate so much. Two weeks ago, God uh, put us in a position as a church to have to make some unbelievable decisions by faith. And um, as we were given a notice uh, by the ownership group of this complex that our auditorium would become our only ministry space uh, as uh, the month of November was coming upon us, and we had 30 days to vacate what we have enjoyed as ministry space, uh, really a total of 32,000 square feet that has been available to us, although we've only been leasing the auditorium. And, uh, you know, uh, an amazing thing happened as uh, you're kind of put with your back up against a wall and you just come before the people of God and say, Lord, what direction would you have us go? God's people here together uh, voted to move forward by faith unanimously and ask God for the resources to go ahead and start putting the rest of this building under our current lease. And I just, as your pastor, want to say that was a tremendous step of faith. And I want to use this passage in Isaiah chapter number 54 uh, over these two Sundays to kind of give us a, a, a good understanding of, of what just took place and really what uh, God has for us in our future. Follow along, verse 1, as I read chapter 54 of Isaiah. And the Bible says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Verse 2, enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. This morning, our message is simply the challenge of enlarging our place. Let's bow in prayer as we ask God to take control of this service. Father, I thank you so very much for the position that you've placed us in time and time again as a young congregation. And God, although we have to be honest, we don't understand always how you lead us and, uh, Lord, why you put us in certain positions, but we thank you that we have a big God today. 
and that you are able to do far beyond anything that we could ever ask or think. And so this morning I pray as, Lord, we just allow your word through your spirit to speak to us, God, that you would be glorified in your church. Thank you so much for the privilege we have today to gather together. Uh, Use your word now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let me give you the context of our text here in Isaiah chapter number 54. Isaiah is the prophet of God, and the prophet of God has uh, the duty of declaring really a coming judgment upon the people of God. Matter of fact, some of these Old Testament prophets really had a difficult time because they had to give bad news. And uh, what prophet of God wants to share bad news? So Isaiah is uh, contemporary with some of the kings that we know and revere in the Old Testament. One of those kings was Hezekiah. And if you know something about Old Testament history, you recognize that uh, really at the end of the divided kingdom, God's judgment was going to come upon the 12 tribes through two nations. Uh, First of all, the Assyrian nation, and uh, secondly, the Babylonian nation. Now, now it really happened in two phases, and the first phase was really coming of the Assyrians against the ten northern tribes of Israel. Now, they were the most godless. They had long ago uh, uh, turned their backs on God. They had set up idol worship. They have uh, really deserted Jehovah as their God. And God is now going to raise up the Assyrian nation to bring judgment on those ten tribes. And those ten tribes have been scattered. And we recognize that now God's focus is on the remaining two tribes. And those two tribes would be Judah and Benjamin. These would be the southern tribes, or what we know in the Bible as the nation of Judah. Uh, So when you're reading about the kings of Israel, you're reading about the ten northern tribes tribes and their king. When you're reading about the kings of Judah, you're reading about the two southern tribes and their kings. And predominantly, the the southern were the better of the kings. And so Isaiah has uh, been uh, ministering there through the reign of Hezekiah. Uh, Remember, Hezekiah was that great king during the time of the Assyrians. When the Assyrians came up against them, they prayed, they sought God's uh, uh, blessing on their nation, and God miraculously had the Assyrian nations turn around and go back home, leaving those two little tribes alone. And now Isaiah's preparing the people for some difficult times, and actually uh, preparing them uh, for uh, a dispersion. They also are going to be taken into exile. But it's not going to be the Assyrians, now it's going to be the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonians are going to come down against God's people. Matter of fact, here in Isaiah, we have a picture of uh, Isaiah the prophet describing Hezekiah uh, meeting with these Babylonian princes, sharing all the wealth and glory of Judah, not recognizing that those princes had one design, and that was actually to conquer those that they were bringing gifts to. So the Babylonians came with gifts in hand. And they came and they said, well, Hezekiah, show us your kingdom. And he showed them absolutely everything. And of course, the more he showed, the more the Babylonians said, all right, this is going to be a target for us. This is going to be a country that we're going to come and dominate. So 
it will be a hundred years before this prophecy will take place. And there for 70 years, God's people will be in exile in Babylon. And after those 70 years, God's going to bring them back into Canaan land. And we see that what we're reading about now in its historical context is God saying to Israel, uh, listen, I, I know right now it, it doesn't look good. And, and I know that it looks like the last thing in the world I want to do is be preparing for more room. We were slaughtered. Uh, we, we were taken as a, a mighty nation and brought down to just a handful that would go off into exile and then come back. But God made some astounding promises to the nation of Israel. And the application here for us today is as we look at this challenge of enlarging our place, I'm asking the Lord to let that help us as well today. Not just the nation of Israel, as they're thinking about reestablishing a nation and preparing for God's blessing, but I want us today to look at our local church and really what God has done up to this point and then what God would like to do. So number one, in your notes, if you're following along, there are some blanks. I want to begin with this thought as we read verse one again, a proper attitude or a spirit of expectation. A proper attitude, a spirit of expectation. Sing, O barren. You know, when you think of just those three words, sing, O barren. If you've ever been a young mother want-to-be in a position where, yes, your your home's established, you and your spouse, uh, God's brought you together, and now the next step is that you would like to see children in the home, and yet it wasn't something that came easy or is coming easy. I have a, a wonderful niece that lives in Wisconsin with her uh, husband, and, and I know when they got married, they were so excited about starting a family, and uh, yet, uh, as I observed their Facebook page over the years, the family ended up being two little dogs, and, 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 and then a want-to-be mom and a dad, and, and they, they asked God, give us some children, give us some children. And I know year after year, just the heartbreak of not being able to have any children. And then uh, soon you're out of your 20s and the 30s are here and you're saying, God, what are you doing? I'd like to be a mother. I'd like to have a child, but I'm barren. Uh, We can uh, sympathize here with that this morning, but in that Old Testament culture, being barren was a huge stigma. Not being able to have a child. Uh, was something that in this Bible context was uh, really almost the worst thing that you could think about taking place in your life. And uh, Emily, uh, just uh, recently as I uh, was watching the ordeal, were able to uh, adopt a child into their home this past September. And so it's not just a picture of uh, Emily and her husband and two little dogs anymore. Now there's a little precious bundle that they hold in their arms. Let me tell you something. God here is asking his people prophetically after this 
coming to a place of being ripped out of their country and then being able to come back to their country, he's imploring them to sing, O barren. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Why in the world should I sing when it seems like the one thing I want I can't have? Why should I get excited here about uh, something when the reality is right now there is no child that I'm carrying? And, and God here is encouraging those women to sing. And what we're looking at here is just really a, a proper attitude about what God is yet to do in our lives and by application in our church. Letter A this morning, the expectation of travailing. Let's look deeper in the verse. Sing, O barren, that uh, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. First of all, the expectation of travail. Uh, as a, a young family, my wife and I uh, had the blessing of of uh, having our our firstborn son after uh, a time of travailing. Uh, That expectancy was one that, like many other young couples, is something that creeps up on you sort of quick. It was within our first year of marriage that our our first son was born. Uh, Our anniversary was this 22nd of December. Our Joshua was born the 5th of December the following year. And so uh, within, within almost 12 months here, God brought uh, a baby into our home. And let me tell you, uh, those last few weeks of travail were some experience for me, <laughs> a soon-to-be dad. And then uh, as uh, Victoria goes into labor, my, uh, I thought uh, this baby would never show up. Uh, she could probably tell you how many hours of uh, uh, travail we went through, but it seemed to me like it was... Uh, almost 30, 26, 27, 28 hours. And, and uh, there were some times there as she's going through those birth pains and, uh, and uh, that uh, she's having those contractions that her, her fingers would just kind of, you know, hang on to my arm a little bit too tight. And uh, those fingernails would start to kind of dig in uh, a little bit deeper. And I had war wounds, you know, uh, after the experience. And uh, we'd be up and be walking and, and all that goes on. Let me tell you, travail is not easy. It's painful. But in the text, it's Uh, sing all you that are not barren and sing all you that would love to go through travail. You'd love the opportunity to give birth. This is the situation that God's people were in and it all comes down to their attitude. And that attitude is this spirit of expectation. You see, as a nation, they would be defeated and discouraged and displaced. But see, God had a big intent for His people. Uh, God's design for the nation of Israel is God would use them as a light to the Gentiles. That God would use His people as His servant. And the Jewish nation, God would raise up so that the light of the gospel could go throughout all of the world. And God had a plan and God had a purpose. And so we see this attitude needed to be deeply in the hearts and minds of these that are yet to experience uh, what it means uh, to be taken into captivity and then brought out again. The expectation of travailing. 
the birth pains that come. And oh, that we would recognize that uh, as uh, any uh, local church seeks to go forward for the glory of God and seeks to be used in birthing others into the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about a new birth taking place in old Nicodemus's life. Let me tell you, there's going to be some travailing. And we need to be rejoicing as we travail together. Let her be the expectation of trusting. Think about it. It's kind of hard when you're barren to think about travailing. It's kind of difficult here when absolutely there is no hope of a child coming and God saying, listen, I want you to trust me because a child is going to come. See, the promise is clear when it would seem inconceivable or even impossible. God was reminding them, listen, it's eminent and you need to prepare. So the challenge is, first of all, for God's people to get their attitudes adjusted. I mean, just have an expectation about them that, you know, I just don't see it. I don't feel it. It's not in me. Uh, I'm barren. There is no child there. And yet God wants me to prepare for that ultimate end. God knows what I'm feeling right now. And God says, I want you to start getting excited. I want you to start singing. I want you to start praising me for not just what I have done, but what I will do if you'll just trust me and believe me. So the expectation is to just trust. And it's so hard when you're barren to see bounty. It it, it was so difficult for my niece Emily as year after year after year she's waiting and thinking, will this ever happen? Will I ever be a mother? And then God, as only God can, opens the door and we praise Him for it. Let her see the expectation of testifying. Now this is interesting. They are to sing and they are to cry aloud before the act happens before there's a baby, before she's able to say, guess what? I'm expecting. She's supposed to already be anticipating God's working. And she is supposed to sing about it. Why? Because God's going to fulfill it. Listen, expectation is so important because expectation is all about faith. Expectation is all about trusting God. It's all about recognizing that God has a purpose and plan for each and every one of our lives. And He also has a plan for His local body. And part of what God does in a local body is He leads them to places where they stand and they go, God, what have you gotten us into? God, what's going on? God, how in the world are we going to go from a small hotel room here at the Courtyard Marriott into literally the largest church square footage in the city of Simi Valley as a church plant? I don't understand it. Uh, My my son, early on, when when, uh, he walked through this building, he said, Dad, do you realize that you've got uh, a, a whole bunch of square footage one of the largest auditoriums of any church in the entire city. And, and, and I said, no, I didn't know that. Uh, God is doing something on purpose ahead of time, and I've just got to say, listen, let's praise Him for it. 
I don't know what's around the corner. He says, listen, you may be barren, but sing aloud. Just, just anticipate. Expect God to do what only God can do. Allow God here to fill our hearts and minds with what He's able to do, and then let's testify of it. Let's go ahead and praise God, thank Him in advance. Let's go ahead and tell Him, God, this is Your doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. There's no way we could have imagined all that You're doing, and yet here it is. It's being done. And we have to give all the praise and all the glory to God. Praise God in advance for the birthing of others that will be born into the family of God. Praise God in advance for those that are teenagers and young people and and, uh, uh, young couples and singles and others that will be impacted by the gospel and their lives will be transformed by the power of God. Why don't you praise God in advance? Why Why don't you thank God for what He's going to do as we just trust Him? in this endeavor. And then we see the expectation of testing. Faith is always tested. You know, there was no timetable for Israel here. God didn't say, you're going to be barren for this long, and then after this amount of time, then, guess what? I'm going to bless your household. I'm going to fill your tent. There was no timetable. It was just, are you waiting on God? Are you letting God be God in your nation and for us in our church? And so we begin with attitude. You know, when you walk through these halls, do you pray that God one day allows some of these rooms to be filled with boys and girls or teenagers or uh, young adults? And just, I mean, we, we, we have a surplus of room around here. We're all very much aware of that. We have walked into a huge facility. It goes from this end of the building to the other end of the building. Uh, We're the largest tenant, not only in this complex, uh, but, uh, I mean, God just has opened a door that, to be honest, uh, most of us, if we look at it from a logical perspective, we would say there's no way we should be where we are. But God is doing something. And we, as a congregation, must keep our attitude on why has God chosen to allow us into this space? Why has God put us in a position where this was our only way forward? Why two weeks ago did God's people unanimously say, yes, okay, this is 14,000 square feet, there's another 18,000 square feet over there, and by faith we're moving forward? Well, because in advance we're trusting God to do something that we are incapable of doing. And we're asking God here to challenge us about enlarging His place and allowing God uh, to be glorified as He builds His church. So a proper attitude, number one. Let's go on, number two. A proper activity. Again, a spirit of expectation, but I want us to see here a proper activity. A space that needs enlarging. Let me read verse 1 once again here in uh, Isaiah 
Let me go back, chapter 54. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing. Cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolation than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. With an attitude comes activity. I mean, it's, it's, it's right for us to, to believe we have a big God. It's right for us to believe that there's nothing that's too big for God. There are no impossibilities with God. Where God leads, God provides. We, we have to have that in our, in our core. We have to believe that God is leading. And, and, and there is no room here for us to stagger in our faith. And so with this proper attitude comes an activity. And that is the actual enlarging of the space. You may not have realized it, but two weeks ago that's exactly what you did. You stepped out by faith and you said, God... Uh, we, we, we don't have folks to fill that end of the building, but we're going to go ahead and get it under contract. We, we don't know all of the ministries you have for us yet, but by faith we are trusting you. We're putting feet to our faith. We're stepping out. We're allowing you to be glorified because we're seeing the big God you are. Our focus is not on individuals. Our focus is on our God. And oh, what God can do as we just put feet to our faith. Letter A, God's place. It was enlarging for the future. That's what we're doing. Listen, I I recognize when God called me here uh, in my mid-50s that I would not be uh, a pastor like some of these young guys that come in and they have the privilege of pastoring 40, 50 years. I I knew that would never be the case. I just started in this church plant a little later. Uh, I planted the first church we were a part of 25 years ago and uh, saw that church grow and and God bless and and multiply. Uh, multiply churches out of that church and this was one of the church plants out of the church in Fresno and uh, so I recognize that God has me here as a caretaker God has me here as uh, the one that plants and waters as God gives some increase but ultimately the future of Crown Point Baptist Church down the line there'll be one day another pastor here Uh, hopefully not in the near future uh, there'll be another pastor here uh, allowing this ministry to be a tremendous lighthouse in this county and it'll be a, a pioneering people that made it all possible. It, it, a pioneering people that were willing to meet with a, a pastor and his family in a hotel room and in their house. Pioneering people that said, you know, this is kind of weird, but hey, God's here. <laughs> I think of Brother Chris, the first time he was looking for our, house, uh, for our church and and uh, they're up there at the Courtyard Marriott looking for, where is Crown Point Baptist Church? And uh, they go to one store and they say, you know where Crown Point Baptist Church is supposed to be around here? And, and they look at all the different storefronts uh, around that corner looking for Crown Point Baptist Church and uh, just, just kind of exasperate a little bit, say, well, let's, let's ask somebody at the hotel. Maybe they know where this church is. And they walked in and, and went to the counter and, and said, where is this Crown Point Baptist Church? And uh, the gal said, well, it's here. Meets here. And they just said, whoa, that's weird. 
Whoa, uh, uh, that's kind of strange. Well, we're here anyways, let's go on in. And God's done that over and over and over again. Crown Point Baptist Church is, first of all, about Jesus Christ. It's about exalting His Word. And it's about accomplishing His work in the world today. And as long as we keep our focus on Jesus Christ and what He wants to accomplish and realize that ultimately He's the builder of the church and then recognize that we get to be a part of it and we're on this journey of faith together. We're trusting Him week by week. We're, we're not sure what's around the corner, and that's okay because God's got a plan and He's got a purpose here in what He's doing. So God's place, the enlarging for the future. Israel was promised in Deuteronomy a place. Moses was leading God's people to a place. Joshua had the privilege of allowing uh, uh, the people of God to cross over Jordan a place. And we uh, recognize that God has had a place for us. And the admonition in uh, Isaiah 54 verse 2 is enlarge the place of thy tent. It's God's place. Honestly, folks, it's been God's plan. And it's for God's purpose. I've got to tell you, everything humanly possible that this pastor did to try to avoid moving into this auditorium. I can't tell you all the gymnastics I went through to say, give us the little place on the end of the building. We're, we're just a church plant. We're meeting in one room. Just give me that back hallway. This is uh, a year and a half ago. Would you give me the little hallway and maybe, maybe the L on that hallway and give us the restrooms and that entrance? And, and they came back and they said, well, thank you for your offer, but we're going to decline it. Uh, you're going to either take the auditorium or you're going to take nothing. And so we're in a position where we go, okay, God, what are you doing? I guess we'll take the auditorium. And by faith, God's people went forward. And God has given us this marvelous space with plenty of room to grow. It's exciting. It's marvelous. It's God's work. It's God's doing. And then as we started thinking about having some ministry space, some of you don't know this, but in the hotel we had no room for children. We were using a hotel room as a nursery. And can I, can I be honest, it wasn't an ideal nursery or a children's space. And one of the heartbeats that we had was, God, would you uh, allow us to grow in this area of younger families and, and seeing uh, uh, children's ministries develop? But it was an impossibility for our first three years. And then God opened this, and now it's like unlimited as to what can be done. We're just so excited about the potential of what God's going to do in this place. And God is challenging us uh, to put feet now to our faith. He says, I gave you a place. I, I have a plan. And I have a purpose for your life. And you might not see it. Uh, but I, I want you to anticipate what I'm going to do. Let, let's look deeply in verse number 2 for a second. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Who's he talking to? He's talking to this one that's barren. He's talking to the childless. 
He's talking to the young couple there that have not yet been able to have any children. And God says, get ready. Enlarge your tent. Make room. Make some space because my purpose is to bless. My purpose and plan here is to allow you to see I'm the miracle worker. And I'm able to do if you'll just trust me. You know, God's always trying to get us out of our comfort zone. And, and uh, uh, I know Dave is going to be here tonight, not able to be here this morning. Uh, if he listens to this message, forgive me. Uh, but he's had to endure my back and forth here on this middle of the building. And, uh, all right, yes, God can do it. And then, oh, but it's really big. And uh, maybe they'll let us go by with a uh, back hallway. Maybe they'll give us the front hallway. Maybe they'll give us the back uh, uh, fellowship hall. And everything possible uh, to just take a smaller piece. Uh, I'm, I, I confess, uh, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. That's me. Lord, I know you're able. You're doing something. And I just want to trust you in it. But show me from your word. Encourage me from your word. And God brought me to this passage. And God here is desiring, maybe for you this morning, I know I sure needed it, to be challenged concerning what God is able to do. Remember that story in Matthew 9 with the two men that were blind following after Jesus? And, and they're, they're recognizing that he is the Messiah, that he is God. And then they just ask Jesus to heal them. And Jesus simply said in verse 28, Believe ye that I am able to do this. What a statement. Do you believe I can do it? I mean, they came, they're blind. They come to Jesus, the, the, the healer. And they say, do you believe I can do this? And then Jesus says those marvelous words in Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, be it unto you. Wow. Do you believe? Then according to your faith, be it unto you. And the proof of their belief is that they were both restored to sight. What am I saying? I'm saying, listen, we need to be challenged. Challenged in our attitude because God's already stretched our tent. I mean, God's given us uh, a footprint that is pretty large. And we have to recognize that God will get great glory in using a young church plant as a lighthouse in this community if we'll just trust Him. Remember the story of Gideon? They need to go to battle against the Midianites. And he gathers all the able-bodied men together. Remember how many there were? Judges 6, 32,000. 32,000 men. Well, against the Midianites, it's a pretty puny army, but I'll take them. And God said, now hang on, just wait a minute, Gideon. I think your army's a little too big. Uh, Why don't you just uh, make an announcement and tell everybody, hey, if your heart isn't in the fight, why don't you go home? And Gideon makes the announcements, and 22,000 guys said, See you later, Gideon. And off they went. So now Gideon looks out at the arm and he goes, Okay, I had 32, now I got 10. 10,000. What in the world am I going to do with 10,000? And God says, Hold up, Gideon, I'm not done yet pruning your army. 
And, and he said, listen, bring them all down to the water and have them drink some water. And, and uh, those 10,000 went down and, and uh, 9,700 of them lapped up water like a dog. And God said, those guys are disqualified, send them home. So now Gideon's army is all the way down to 300. Why does God do that? Because he gets maximum glory, that's why. You know, 32,000, they could say, hey, hey, what an army we are. Maybe even 10,000, but not 300. I mean, 300, you just, have to, you just have to give God all the praise and all the glory for it. And I think that's what God's doing. God is going to get glory. And that's been our heartbeat from day number one. God's place, God's plan, God's purpose for our life. The illustration of Goliath, right? Big giant. Who's Israel looking to? They, they're looking for somebody head and shoulders above the rest that'll go up against Goliath. What did God provide? Little shepherd boy. It's the way God does things. Why? Because a, a, a big man going up against a giant, well, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a fight. But a little shepherd boy going up against the giant with his little sling and five stones, God has to get glory there. And so we focus again uh, not on what we're comfortable with, but on God's purpose. It is all about God. It's all about what God can do. And I have to, number one, deal with my own attitude toward it. And then I've got to say, God, would you let me be active? How are we to be active? Well, look at verse 2. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. A proper attitude a proper activity, and then lastly this morning, let's look at a proper assessment. We dealt with the challenge of a spirit of expectation, the challenge of a space that needed to be enlarged, and now we're looking at the challenge of a stretching that is required if we're going to see an expansion. All right, again, this young couple. Here they are. They've got a two-person tent, all right? And they fit fine in their two-person tent. And, uh, and, and they've got all the room they need in their two-person tent. And God said, yes, you're barren, but start singing. Not only start singing, but let's put some feet to your faith and let's start enlarging this thing. Listen, you're going to need a little nursery. You're going to need a little nursery for these little ones that are going to be coming along. You're going to have to take those curtains and stretch them out. You're going to have to lengthen there the cords. You're just going to have to get a bigger space because I'm going to do something. And when God provides the space, then, oh, would we just together as a church family go, Lord, let my faith be in a God that can do what I cannot do. Let's look at the equipment needed for expanding. The Bible references here in verse number two, curtains and cords. That's the equipment. You know, there's, there's some practical things that are necessary as a, as a church 
goes forward. In a, in a home setting, there were some practical things that had to take place. Uh, the equipment that was needed for the expansion. Somebody had to go out and get some more uh, curtain uh, for the tent expansion. Somebody had to go out and get some additional stakes and, and get some cords that would be longer. But it's a practical way for us to prove our faith. God will do what only God can do. And that's anything. We must do what we can do. And so when it comes to equipment, let's just realize that, you know, the church is not a building it never has been. The church is all about God's people. And yet God uses a building to help us in ministry. And a part of that is preparing some equipment. Not only do we see that they had to get some additional equipment here, but there was an expense for their expansion. All right? Uh, there's an expense involved. There's a cost involved. I just, I just want to, first of all, commend God's people for their faithfulness as we come into this building and, and the giving of your tithes, your offerings, your over and above. Um, we have a little card that's in the bulletin that I just want you to pray about between now and next week. Uh, our, our church family two weeks ago said, well, Pastor, what are we doing? And I, I, threw, I threw out this thought. Well, you know, if 40 of us could give an additional $25 specifically for the enlarging of our space, this need would be met. And my wife and I, we uh, together said, we each want to be one of those 25. I would like to do my wife would like to do, and maybe there's some families here that say, Pastor, uh, we think we can uh, help toward the expense of the expansion of the ministry at this young, critical time in our church history. And uh, I'm praising God for the faith of His people, trusting the Lord for an increase of His body. That's what you're doing. As you are giving sacrificially, what you are saying is you're saying, God, we're looking forward to you doing something in this place. The equipment, the expense, number three, the encouragement. Notice how God tries to encourage them. Verse two, enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. And then the next little phrase is spare not. He wants to encourage them. He, he just says, listen, you can trust me in this thing. Just go ahead. Uh, allow me to lead. You're saying, yes, I'm barren. It doesn't seem like we need this extra room. But God, in anticipation of what you're going to do, by faith, we're going to invest. And so the encouragement from God is clear. Again, all through the Bible, so many illustrations of God just looking at us saying, well, how big's your faith? Luke chapter 5. Jesus Asked the disciples there as they uh, were fishing all night to uh, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Peter, uh, he responds, of course, he's been fishing all night. And he said, uh, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, we will let down the net. Jesus said, let down the nets. Peter said, we'll let down a net. Right? That's, that's us, isn't it? God said, get ready for something really, really big. Just, just get all the nets out there that you can. And Peter says, oh, what does this carpenter know about fishing? <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll let down a net. And the Bible says God just filled that net. 
Remember during Elisha's time in the Old Testament? as a widow woman, had some sons, they had a debt. And uh, God said, listen, here's what you do. Just go out and borrow all the pots that you can. And then he says this, borrow not a few. He said, just every pot you can imagine because God's going to multiply your oil as you bring these pots. And those sons went out gathering pots from the neighbors and a woman went out and uh, got some favors and, and said, listen, can I borrow some pots? Not a few. What, what was God trying to do there? God was trying to say, listen, I will fill what you provide. What you prepare, I'll fill with oil. What's your spirit this morning? What's your attitude this morning about what God's doing? I, I don't want anybody at Crown Point Baptist Church to say, boy, we are way over our head. I feel like that. But, but, you know, at that point, I would be telling God that, God, you don't know what you're doing. I don't want to be in that position. I just want to just trust God as he leads. I want to be that young couple that has been barren, that has not had any children, that all of a sudden starts adding on to the tent in anticipation of God moving in a supernatural way. There's equipment that's needed for expand, expanding. There's an expense to their expansion. They've got to invest in some curtains and, and cords. And there's encouragement from God. He says, just don't spare. Just don't, don't spare. Don't, don't, don't skimp. Get, if you're going to get cords, get long cords. If you're going to go out and buy some curtains, buy a lot of it. Yeah, you're barren, I know, but start singing. I'm going to do something. And oh, that God would give us that conviction in our heart. And then, as we close letter D, the exertion needed for expanding. Notice the emphasis here in the last phrase on the strength and strengthen thy stakes. When I was a little kid growing up in Milwaukee, one of the highlights of uh, the calendar year was going downtown to where the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, uh, Circus had their annual parade. You see, they were headquartered in Baraboo, Wisconsin, and they had the circus train. And all the animals would get on. And I remember here in the 60s going downtown Milwaukee, and they would get off the train, and here they'd, they'd trot out some of the elephants, and they had these uh, uh, wonderful carts that would, they would pull behind horses and the one was a calliope, and, you know, it made all that circus noise. And, and then you had the cages with the bars, and there'd be a ferocious lion in there. And, you know, as a little kid, standing on a curb watching this parade go by with the clowns and with the animals, I mean, it was quite an ordeal. Uh, it was amazing. And then uh, as they would launch out from Milwaukee to the rest of the country to do their yearly tour, uh, you know, these men would get out there and set up the big tent. And uh, I've seen uh, some uh, old videos here of them putting up these tents. And, and here you'd have a circle of about four or five guys all with these huge mallets and then these gigantic stakes. And, and they would synchronize uh, hitting that stake. And it was amazing on, on, on how they would hit it dead center. And, and so it would be boing, 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 boing. And they just keep going. And just, just everyone in their turn, you know, this one, that one, that one, that one, that one, this one, that one, that one, that one, until that stake would be driven deep in the ground. God is just saying, listen, there needs to be a strengthening. Uh, there needs to be some exertion. Uh, yes, it, it means that there's some labor involved. If you're expanding your tent, 
that means that you're going to have to get out there and sweat a little bit. Uh, you're going to have to here pull up some old stakes and, and put them down deeper and maybe some bigger stakes and longer cords. But you need to do whatever it takes uh, to prepare because the barren needs to be singing now in anticipation of what God's going to do in the future. We have the tent, and it's enlarged. And yet we need to anticipate now God, right? By faith, let's uh, by faith put some feet to that faith. Let's uh, go ahead and, and just be tender to God and what God wants to do. Let's be vocal in our witness. Let's grab uh, brochures and tracts and talk to people about what God's doing at Crown Point Baptist Church. I mean, let's just realize that uh, God is preparing us for something. And all that we would just in our heart be where God wants us to be. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.